We are going to retell the old story of the miraculous birth of Jesus this morning, but we are going to give it our own slant. We will base our story on two early Christian stories of Jesus' birth from the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. We will make this a sequel to the Hanukkah story, a story of freedom and liberation. And since we are universalists, ours is a story of hope for all people. Instead of just listening to or watching the story of the birth of Jesus, we are going to get inside it. At various points in the story, I will ask if some of you would be willing to come up here with me and become one of the characters in the story. Don't worry, you will not have to speak. When I ask for volunteers, raise your hand if you want to be in the story, then wait for me to call on you. And if I do, please walk slowly and calmly to wherever Dan is. He'll usually be right up there. And he will help you get into a simple costume and then listen carefully when we tell you where to stand or sit. There's probably a part just for you, whatever you may be dreaming of. Are you ready? Then let's begin. If you wish, close your eyes for a moment. Transport yourself to another time, another place, and imagine that a story is, a is about to unfold before your very eyes, a brand new story that you have never heard before. Imagine that after years and years of hearing stories about people bowing down before powerful kings and emperors and dictators and tyrants, you finally hear a story in which three powerful, wise people kneel down alongside some shepherds before one tiny newborn child. Imagine that after years of hearing story after storytelling of terrible wars, you are at last hearing the friendly story of a baby, the story of a humble carpenter and his wife, the baby that is born to them in a stable, shepherds in a starlit field who go to see the newborn child, and peaceful animals who gather round in the stable where the baby lies in the cow's feeding trough. Imagine that at last you are going to hear a story in which everyone is longing for peace on earth and goodwill to all persons everywhere. Imagine that after years of hearing stories about the results of hatred and oppression and persecutions, you finally are hearing a story about the transforming power of love. Now, slowly open your eyes, listen and watch carefully. Let the story begin. To start the story, I need a bad guy. I need someone to be Caesar Augustus, Emperor of Rome, who's feeling bossy. <laughs> Sally is pointing at somebody. I think she's pointing at her fellow co-president, Bob. <laughs> All right, Caesar, you go on, oh, it looks great on you. Go on up to center, center stage there under the wreath. That can be your, your really big crap. Hail Caesar. Ooh. Ooh. Wow, okay. In those days, long, long ago, a decree went out from the emperor, Caesar Augustus, saying, all the world should be registered so they can pay taxes to me. All right. 
All right, Caesar. We got more important things going on than you, so you're going to have to stand over stage. <laughs> now I need two people, one to be Joseph, a carpenter, and one to be Mary, who's engaged to Joseph. Come on, Mary and Joseph, raise your hand. All right, Diane. And you know, we're regardless of gender here, you can be either one. Who wants to be um, the other one? Come on, you can't do this alone. Okay, thank you, Mark. Excellent. Mary and Joseph, all right. No, fight it out. Everybody wants to be the star. Somebody will be able to be the star later, but that's a different part. Okay, so Mary and Joseph, once you have your robes on, you will please walk slowly because you're making a long journey around and just slowly up the center aisle and to me. All the people were required to go to the town where they had been born to register. For some people, that meant a long journey. Joseph, a carpenter, had to go all the way from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the city of David. He went with Mary, the woman he was planning to marry because she was expecting a child. Excuse me. They started on their long journey, traveling by day. Oh, wow. She's going to have this baby any moment. <laughs> Traveling by day and sometimes even by night, their road lit only by stars. Oh yes, since this first scene is a starlit night, could everyone please um, hold up your everybody else besides Mary and Joseph, hold up your hands like this? Your hands are twinkling stars? Oh good. Joseph and Mary knew it was not going to be easy because Mary was almost ready to have her baby. At least they had a donkey Mary could ride on, and at least the twinkling stars made the road seem friendly. Okay, let's keep shining while they make their way to Bethlehem here. Oh, they must be tired. Okay. When Joseph and Mary got to Bethlehem, they discovered that there was no room at the inn. They're off the road so we can take our stars down. But the inn was the only place in town with comfortable beds. Mary and Joseph had to take shelter. Yelp is not helping at all. Mary and Joseph had to take shelter in a stable cut into the side of a hill. And they settled in to sleep there among the animals. Now I need some animals. All right, I need one cow. You get the best costumes, everybody. Karen, go on up. I need one pig. Anne, go ahead. And Alyssa, would you like to be a chicken? All right. Who would like to be a mouse? There's always a mouse, right? All that fallen grain and everything. Okay, Gisela, you can be the mouse. And Fred, would you like to be the dog? Also dog, the dog in the manger. And, just a moment, Chris. Chris, since we know that Mary rode a donkey to get there, there was also a donkey. Come on up. Chris will be the donkey. All right, Dan has costumes for you. You know, we try to make it simple, but if you want to put a lot more into it, you are very welcome to Adelaide. The gentle animals welcome Joseph and Mary into their stable. Look at them welcoming the couple. And that very night, the time came for Mary to give birth. She really was about to pop. It was a stable. So when the baby was born, of course, there was no cradle for Mary to put, lay her baby in. But one of the cows was not kind enough to lend her feeding trough for a cradle. And Joseph and Mary laid their new baby there among the hay in the feeding trough. Now I'm going to need two shepherds. 
Okay, Dick can be a shepherd, Clark can be a shepherd, excellent. And I am going to need four sheep for the shepherds to watch. Audrey, and is that Jeb raising his hand? And Peggy and Trisha, come on up. All right. Now, when Dan gives you your costumes, this is the field, shepherds and sheep. You stand right here by me. You see, Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. While the sheep and shepherds are getting ready, I see that I also need six messengers from the gods of the God of the Israelites, also known as angels of the Lord. Who is feeling angelic today? Kay and Edie, that's two. Need four more. Mark? Who's back there? I see your hand, so come on up. Oh, hi, it's, it's Lee. Yes, go on, Kay. That's, uh, I've got four. Come on, two more angels. You get to wear a halo. All right, Barbara, come on up. Yes, Barbara and Barbara. Woohoo! Okay. In that region, there were shepherds who lived for months at a time out in the fields, watching over their flocks of sheep by night. So shepherds and sheep come right up here. This is your, your hillside. All right, you're still out in the fields. The shepherds had to watch over their sheep because there were wolves in the hills that would eat a sheep gladly if they could get one. I, I think I hear some right now. Oh my goodness. All right, so on this night, as the shepherds stood watch over their sheep in the fields, watching out for wolves, a messenger from God, also known as an angel, stood before them. Oh, here comes the messenger. Go on, angels. All right, you all turn and see. Go over here a little better. You'll be looking right through me. A messenger from God. This angel was truly magnificent, a being who was neither male nor female, and the glory of the God of the Israelites shone around the shepherds. Not surprisingly, when the shepherds saw a messenger from God, they were terrified. Oh, yeah. But the angel spoke gently, saying to them, do not be afraid, for I have appeared to bring you good news of great joy for all the people of Israel. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah. This will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in strips of cloth and laying in a manger, a cow's feeding trough. Uh, I see we're going to need a lot more angels all of a sudden. Could everyone in the congregation please stand for a moment as you're willing and able, and you can also be a seated angel, that works fine, to be a host of angels. Then the angel who had spoken went on to say, Glory to God in the highest. Gloria, Gloria. And on earth let there be peace and goodwill among all people everywhere. And there was a whole host of angels singing and praising God. And the shepherds were amazed. Okay, host of angels, you may be seated. Upon hearing the message from their God and hearing the songs of the angel choir, the shepherds said to one another, this is amazing. This is amazing. There they go. Let's go off to Bethlehem and actually see the baby the angel told us about. Being good shepherds who cared about their sheep, they brought the sheep along. All right. Shepherds, you can now move your sheep to the stable. You need to herd them along here. It's easier to herd sheep than Unitarian Universalists, I'm guessing. So the shepherds went to Bethlehem with their sheep. 
And there they found Mary and Joseph and the new baby, just as the angel had told them. Afterward, the shepherds would tell everyone what the angel had said to them about Mary and Joseph's new baby, and everyone who heard their story was amazed. As for Mary, she already knew her baby was wonderful. But she listened carefully to what the shepherds said and treasured all she heard in her heart. The shepherds and sheep gathered around the feeding trough, admiring the baby. They praised their God for their, this wonder of new birth, and they prayed and hoped that what the angel said would come true, that there would be peace on earth and goodwill for all people, even for lowly shepherds. Now I'm going to need three wise people who are also royalty. You're going to get your crowns from Dan at the back of the church. Wise people, go ahead. Judy, you are wise. Dan, you are wise. I see many wise people here. I've got a role in mind for you, Sally. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Bob's revenge. Karen, go on up. Yeah, she, she's just figured out what's in store. Okay, so you are going to um, begin walking slowly up the aisle and, and stop midway before you get to the pulpit. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, three wise persons, royalty from the Far East, came to Jerusalem. As these three wise persons journeyed their long, slow journey to Bethlehem, stop right there, you're resting. Actually, it took them 12 days to get there, which is why we talk about the 12 days of Christmas. They noticed that their way was lit by a large and bright star. Looks like I'm going to need somebody to be the star. I've always wanted to be a star. He's going to be a star. You are our star. A star is born. They saw the star, but first the wise persons went to visit King Herod. Turn around. And these wise persons went to Herod and asked, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? Turn around. Behind you. Yeah, don't turn your back to King Herod. He's notoriously grumpy. All right. We observed his star in the skies, they said to Herod, and we have come to praise him and bring him gifts. The three wise people learned from King Herod about a prophecy which had been spoken long ago, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So the wise persons set out for Bethlehem, and as they walked, they saw ahead of them the star, as they first had seen it in the far east. The wise persons followed the star until it stopped over the stable where the newborn child was lying in the cow's feeding trough. <laughs> when the wise persons entered the stable and saw the new baby, they were overwhelmed with joy at this new life. They knelt down to worship him. How are your knees? I should ask, wise persons need to be wise and have good knees. Please kneel down before the baby if you can. I know. And um, they opened their bags and brought out gifts of gold because the crowns of kings were made with gold, and frankincense and myrrh because myrrh was what was put in the oil used to anoint kings. Now, now we're done. Not you. You're not done. Let us pause for a moment to look at this scene. It is a special night with stars. And 
angels and shepherds and wise persons and animals, and they are all admiring a special baby that has just been born. <laughs> Only Caesar isn't happy. Why would all these people stand around for such a long time to admire a tiny new baby? There's only one reason I can think of, because the birth of a child always brings hope for the future. And for a people who lived under oppressive Roman rule, all the while longing for liberation, the birth of a child must have been fraught with extra meaning. Will this be the child who leads us to freedom? Will this be the child who breaks our bonds of slavery and establishes a reign of peace and righteousness? So it is in our world today in a world that sometimes seems hopeless. We still look with hope to the future. Every time a baby is born, we hope that this child will be one of the ones who leads us to a world of righteousness. And every time we tell this Christmas story, it, rem it reminds us that we must go out and work for liberation and justice. We, you and I, we are the ones who are responsible for making sure the world is a better place for all the babies who are born.